This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from September the 5th, 1995. You want to go to our Patreon page to hear the conversation before the show. because that was I, love, I love the deadpan every time at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Aaron knows we're, having a con- we're usually having a conversation that is, that is already off the rails. And I decide at that point to pull the trigger. It's time to start the show. And here we go. I'm Nate Maxson, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. You're the Fred Willard of the <laughs> Reliving the Extreme podcast. <laughs> That's a good-looking bitch. <laughs> Willard on best of sh- best of show. Go go watch it. Um, and of course, Chad Austin as well. Bloop bloop bloop. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the submarine conversation on the uh, the Patreon page. Oh, this the Patreon week. page is well worth. What do you charge for? Or is it like as low? They just, you can get huh? started for you can get started and get the unedited audio of each show for as low as five bucks a month. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it, I think that I think if you if you for five bucks a month, and you can go back and get all the archives, like yes, so you can make a show if for five bucks a month you can make a show. Uh, for as much time as you got out of just our archives. Right, yes. And also, you can make an entire show out of the stuff that doesn't reach the actual podcast. Just the just the random shit we talk about before we start or, or maybe after we're done recording. That's some of the funniest stuff from the show. So, I mean, absolutely. And then, yeah, and like I the said... Shows, the show that we record, that we watch, sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> we got to find something to do. To make it worth the money, so we're gonna we're gonna charge you rubes the, the, the five dollars a month to hear the good shit because the show that we're watching is is awful, god awful. I can't wait till we get a fifteen dollar a month person that can actually join us. If you do the fifteen dollar a month program, you can actually join us as a co-host on selected episodes of the show. We'd love to have some listeners join us on the show. We'd probably love to have some listeners. <laughs> uh, other than Archie Mitchell, yes, we'd love to have some listeners other than Archie Mitchell. Hey, th- we're we're actually progressing, right? Yes, um, and, and again, like I've told Chad and Aaron before, it it's so hard with podcast rankings because it's kind of based on the day, and of course, when your show first drops, that's the day you get the most downloads, and et cetera, et cetera. So one day I'll look, and it's, it looks really peachy. It's like we're one eighteen on Apple and, and all the wrestling podcasts. Then three days later, you look and we're 400. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that on those days, we drop the episode. Yeah. We're up there, that, you know. Do you think that's like what the one like optimistic guy in the submarine said? You're progressing, <laughs> right? Uh, I thought it was about the, what, the, fir- the first about guy dropping. Di- the first guy died. So then the second guy was like, well, that's more oxygen, right? Yeah. You're progressing, yeah. right? And then it collapsed like a Pepsi can. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that had to suck for the one last. There had to have been one guy still alive when that, when that happened. And he had to be like, "Fuck, why couldn't I just go to sleep?" <laughs> every other corpse, every other corpse has, has started shitting itself. And what, a, what a bad day for that guy! Why did I have to be day. so healthy? Why did I have to be so stupid as to get into this into this it's beef like, stew can? I'm the one guy that doesn't smoke, so I have the best. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Start smoking. 
<laughs> in in the submarine. <laughs> he's got the he's got the video game controller in his hand, just trying to do something <laughs> desperately. Yeah, you're 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 finished, pal. <laughs> Thanks for coming. T- TV time is running out. <laughs> they got they got the referee gave him the Iggy. It's time to take it home. <laughs> like I said, bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> that, that's the sign, like you know, when you when they used to look back in the lot in the back towards the curtain, and if like Patterson or whatever would like point to their watch or come out and and instead they just look out and see somebody just go bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> then they know it was time to take it. Oh, it's time to take it home. When do you when do you think Tony fucking Khan's gonna have fucking John Moxley versus somebody in a fucking submarine. <laughs> you know, they, they, they have to, they're going to have to do something like that in the, uh, in the future. I don't think Kenny Omega would do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> He'll only do it if there's a blow-up doll in there. Yeah. But it has to be on 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 the planet, like above the water. I don't think he can swim anyway. He's from Canada. <laughs> when, when's the last time you think Kenny Omega's jumped in a pool? With that luscious hair, Don, Don, he was probably one time on a diving board getting ready to jump in, and Don Callis is yelling, "Don't do it!" You know, he's like, "Don't do it!" He's like, "Why? You're gonna mess up your beautiful hair." Don Callis stinks. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. I don't get it. Maybe it's. Just, I mean, I'm sure it's just me because I I could see why people would no, like he, him. He sucks. Yeah, he does suck, man. He's so fucking, he's so too much over the top. And he's shaped yeah. funny. And after he cut off, like he had long hair, and then after he cut it off, he looked like butthead. <laughs> now he's just all bald, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking turd. Now he just looks like, he looks like butt face. <laughs> butt face? Yeah, you really thought about that one. Jack, Jackal the butt face callus. <laughs> Yep, I remember that. Well, as I said, this week we are diving into an episode of ECW from September the 5th, 1995. Uh, Last week's episode had one match, but was better. Uh, This week's episode, we open the show with J.T. Smith entering the ring, and he is escorted by Big Val Cuccio Cuccio. and his box of cannolis, which we all know he has a box of cannolis on hand at all times. That's obvious. Um, (laughs) What every big fat Italian guy does. Big Val Diabetes, though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. So this is the... What you would call probably the earliest incarnation of the FBI, as we have JT with Big Val. And he is going to be having a match with Hack Myers. Of course, a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. From a rematch from a couple of weeks before that. (laughs) Yep, we just keep progressing here. Um, Or degressing. Or degressing. Yeah, that that goes to show you how good Val Puccio isn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because they, because Hack Myers is good enough to carry anybody to a good a good match, and if Paul keeps sending him out there, imagine what the benefit of house shows would have done for not just me, but for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And you can work the same guy five nights a week or three, four nights a week. You know, how are you going to get? How are you going to expect good chemistry between guys when you're working 
hey, um, hey, Hack, I want you, you're working Valpuccio tonight. And the Hack walked up to that big fucking slob and just be like, God, good God. Like, <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to do with this bone? He's still got crumbs and sauce on his face from his dinner. Oh, dude, I'm sure he's got a he's got a apron, like a little a little apron on, like a little. What, what do they call that little thing when he put when he go to eat dinner, and they stuff it in his shirt? It's from yesterday, and and his in his suitcase because you know he doesn't he never he never he came to the arena dressed like that. Like he could not he could not get dressed in the arena. He had to get dressed at his house because because he was just so fucking fat. Somebody had to like do his boots and all for him. So he carried a bag into the fucking into the arena. But when he opened it up, it was a five dollar foot long. Is what he pulled out of it. Yeah, five dollar cannoli. Because he, he there's no <laughs> chance that guy was gonna. You know how embarrassing that would have been for that fucking slob take off his clothes in front of the ECW locker room. It's like Happy Humphrey. You know, you hear the oh, stories good. about right. you hear the stories about when he was paying his dues, Harley Race had to be the guy that hosed down Happy Humphrey. Right, right. Hose him down. <laughs> and, and and considering the locker room facilities of ECW at that point, oh yeah. That whoever was driving him home, hopefully it was Dreamer. That that, that had to have been the greatest ride home. Dreamer and Puccio would look like those him driving him home would like the would look like those fat um bikers. guys with the mini bikes. Yeah, who are those? That's guys? the Humphreys, isn't it? No, I was going to say Dreamer and Puccio would look like uh, uh, Silvio and Big Pussy. <laughs> uh, see, I never saw the Sopranos. Oh well, <laughs> I, I know the reference, but I don't know who the who they are. Who who you're talking about specifically? But this. This had to be Val Puccio's best or favorite match of all time because he just got to sit outside the ring and literally eat cannolis. Um, <laughs> That's the best. Hey, isn't that a classic example of what they've always said about Paul as a genius? Yeah. Hide their weaknesses and <laughs> accentuate their positives, which is positive. He eats a lot. And can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's fucking that says a lot about Paul's genius. He's got biscuit knees. <laughs> sit down. Biscuit knees. <laughs> the only thing they could have done better. You ever seen a fat fuck's the, knees? His like fat fuck's fuck, knees? Like a big fat fucker. You ever like look at their knees, like where they wear the socks and everything? If you really look at their knees, they look like fucking like uncooked biscuits. <laughs> okay. And that tomorrow, tomorrow at work, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch, notice watch, it. watch the watch the fat fucks roll in on their mark carts and just if they're wearing shorts, look at their knees. Looks like unbaked biscuits. <laughs> okay, I can't wait for the work tomorrow. I'm the only, th the only thing, it. the only better thing they could have done with Val's gimmick that they didn't do was. He should have been the guy that went out the fastest whenever a sleeper hold was applied because of his poor circulation. Yeah, like, yeah and he's narcoleptic. The, yeah, the minute they put a sleeper on him, he's just out. He's done. If you get the sleeper or, on Val, you're gonna win. You're gonna like, win. Or, like you, ima or, you imagine or, when Ad when Adrian Adonis used to put the sleeper hold on people, and he would do the deal where he would kind of jerky around a little bit. You know, it would take about I don't know what seven seconds whatever but as soon as like he didn't even have to get it because there's no chance you're getting your arms attached 
first sleeper. But as soon as you simulate or the best way sleeper, he's out. One thing thing they could have done, like I watched old shit from Gordon's Gold when he was in like California and New York. He'd put on like a, a breathing machine between the falls, and the machine would say Florida Air. And he'd put that gorgeous George. He'd put on between falls. He'd put on a mask, and it said Florida Air. And he are you ribbing me? No. And and he'd put it on. Say they would go to put the sleeper hold on Puccio, and then he put on his apnea machine. For some reason, I, I, by the time I called up to you above where you were going, that was like going to be my next thing. <laughs> the app, the app, the machine. Yeah. The CPAP. Yeah. <laughs> the VPAP. There you yeah, go. His, his nurse the put it machine. That's Val's comeback spot. Yeah. The app, the app machine. machine. <laughs> the app machine. He's he's like his favorite wrestler is Tony at machine. <laughs> We have the human suplex machine. <laughs> the human app machine. <laughs> That's right, brother. <laughs> Breathe if I allow it. <laughs> I choke him out and he brings him back to life. But to capitalize on the last match that Hack and JT had, at one point during this match, JT goes and does, he pretends he's going to do the over-the-top spot because we know the last time they had a match, he crashed and burned got a golf ball sized knot on his head. Uh, this time he fakes it out, doesn't do it. And I thought it was great. The ECW crowd actually popped me here because he does the, he does not do the over the top spot and they just start chanting. You still suck. And I thought because that was he still did suck Cause he didn't even do the flip back. Right. Like he didn't even look good when he went like, like, yeah, you know Ray would do it. You know, we're like, he'd hit the rope and then flip back out and jump mm-hmm. over like either either JT was a fucking idiot and didn't know what he was doing and fucked it up, or that he was, been it. or he was a genius and did this and that's and it up on purpose. That's actually a, a question that I wrote down for Chad. Chad, with JT, do you think was it real or was it Memorex? Was he really that fucking goofy, or did he realize that he was kind of that goofy and capitalized on it? As part of his gimmick. Well, honestly, I'm just trying to figure out how many more of them, how many more of them spots are after this, and how many more were before this. Because I do know the first couple were completely accidental, and I don't know. Are we still in the first couple of them spots? Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I do know that at at, at a certain point, Paul would. It would book would tell JT to you know put a spot in where you botch where you botch it, and I'm thinking like okay the over the top rope where he banged his head the Mike awesome break the back, and then what was the next one was it this one or was it yes. after yeah that? yeah no the ne- yeah the next one was this or so the this, last this couple of weeks been, ago this, this could the have last, been legitimate the, sorry the last one was him jumping over to try to hit hack. And his knee pads got caught, and he smacked his fucking head off the concrete. In this match, he goes to do it again, but he, like I said, he hits the ropes, and he kind of does like a, like hits it, and he does like a handstand, hits the ropes, 
drops on his feet and and stumbles a little bit. Oh yeah, that that probably could have been that probably could have been the beginning of the um let's fuck it up on purpose shit. I I didn't catch it because like I said I was in a rush watching it and I was, I was trying to log on and everything so I really didn't catch that actual spot but yeah that could have been wait a minute I'm on this fucking show yes you are oh. <laughs> <laughs> well as 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 this match goes along Joey Styles cracks bunches of fat jokes about Malpuccio I didn't write any of them down Aaron did you um it was too many of them. <laughs> they were, they were, yeah, it was rapid fire. It was rapid fire from Joey on the fat jokes on Poochie. Even for Joey, because Joey, Joey's great at letting, letting things breathe, you know? And but he was, he, he was, he was obviously seeing that Puccio couldn't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't write down any of Joey's jokes, but the guy that always has the signs that, um, he had a sign that said Dusty Puccio. Jesus. Boy, I'm sure Dusty was proud of that one. <laughs> I'm I'm all fat and shit, but I ain't fucking coming to the ring eating cannolis. Fat. <laughs> Good lord, Valpuccio. The There's no is... chance he's still alive, right? No, no. There's uh, five people inside of him. We, we, we've discussed his death enough on the show to, that I've memorized that he died in 2011. <laughs> Yeah, Nate counted, <laughs> Nate chopped his body in half and count the rings. He's like, oh, I, I'm fucking Val Puccio's biographer at this point. Yeah, <laughs> you know when he, you just know when he died, though. You know that he stunk in the ring and he died. And stunk actually stunk. <laughs> he actually smelled like Parmesan cheese. Oh yeah, totally, dude. He smelled like he smelled like a mall pizzeria. <laughs> That's what he smells like. This motherfucker smells like a Samaro. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Heenan said, oh, smells like an old Buick and a sock. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think the oh, I think the Sabaro is, is pretty much what it was. Um <laughs> the next the, episode that we have no legs on, that's like a minute show. We should just do fucking Valpuccio's Do we only have a minute to do? Like the next bad show, we'll just—I'll just read you guys Valpuccio's Wikipedia and see how far we get with that. All right, I, I'd love to know what I know. Um, he he did work for what the Savoldis? Yeah, he had to have. Other I, than yeah, that, I think that's where I think that's where they that found him. I mean, <laughs> you don't you don't need to look hard. He's pretty large, but yeah, that was he would have had to have been a Tommy Dreamer, Taz, you know, find clearly. You know, unless because I don't, I, I know Paul didn't do Paul didn't work for the Savoldi, so I wouldn't I wouldn't think Paul found him there. So he would have had to been a um, either a dreamer or a Taz find. Yeah, they're like we found a guy that's wider than he is tall. There's got to be something there. <laughs> he's wider than he is tall. <laughs> he's like Good. he's like five, he's like five four tall and five six wide. I think you're shortchanging him. They're like, we found this monstrosity. <laughs> monstrosity. We found five uh, people that were that were in the submarine in them. That's what, he had, this, that's what he had for lunch, a submarine. We found this beanbag with feet. <laughs> beanbag? Big Joe. 
He's a big Joe. Big Joe Puccio. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I got one. <laughs> big Joe Puccio. <laughs> big, big Joe Puccio. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's writing it down. That's the name of the show. Big Joe Pochio. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you, could you imagine what them bean, the beans in that bean bag, like thought after they saw his ass coming? They'd pop. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a million of them little beans in there, and all they kept saying was "ah." <laughs> it's about to be a blowout. <laughs> oh, dude, they're all scattering around. <laughs> they were all running. <laughs> That's pretty sad when the when the stuffing from a beanbag runs from you. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure I'm sure the mattress is not a big fan of his. <laughs> the pillows, no, they ain't having none of that. Toilet seat, oh, toilet seat's got to be like his one of his biggest rivals. <laughs> The memory phones, the memory phones, like I can't forget. <laughs> yes, dude. Uh, yeah, he don't even have to have a memory phone. He can just buy a regular Sir Apostropedic, and it's gonna remember when he lays it in. The horrors. <laughs> I want to. I want to read the book of a of a, a hotel bed of Al Valpuccio's. The memoirs. Oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> I can see Big Val Big Val Puccio's autobiography is written by Sir Apostropedic. As you say, by a certain mattress in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he ain't getting this, believe me, he ain't getting his, his mattresses from some bullshit ass. You know, when you ride by and it says $99 mattresses on the window. He fuck that. Well, that's the reason why they're probably 99 cents, 99 dollars, <laughs> because he, he wore them out. They just had to sell them for a reduced price. The the finish of this deal is a long drawn out mess. Um, <laughs> JT, J, JT gets this thrown out. The of, mattress said. <laughs> JT gets thrown out of the ring by Hack, but he goes over Puccio's <laughs> damaging Puccio's cannolis. <laughs> So they Let's start. Them off. They start to fight. They start to argue with each other. JT gets counted out. So now they're both mad at Hack. So they go back to beating up Hack. JT accidentally clotheslines Puccio, and then now they're arguing with each other. But they go back to beating up Hack. It's like they don't know what they want to do with this whole deal here. Are we breaking these guys up? Or are we not breaking these guys up? I mean, they just got together, so I don't know. But it's just a mess. Well, I don't know. It, I kind of, I kind of look at it in a different way. I kind of look at it like, all right, we all know that they just threw these two fucking and just saying ham bones. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just too easy. Um, <laughs> just, just throwing these two guys together is too obvious. So, if you have any idea of them being a tag team, you know, you got to go through that growing process. You know, of you got to figure out like what you're gonna do. You know how your chemistry is, like that kind of stuff. So I, I, I totally didn't get that that bad of a vibe about it because that that could happen with anybody, you know. Right. You know, it just you know, it's two of us, and then 
if I was hack, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'll team up with this fucking this guy, <laughs> you know, and or or whatever, and yeah, I'll let him do all the work, or I'll do all the work and let you just come in and just do the fucking splat. Yeah, so I don't think that was a bad. I don't think that was a bad um, uh, thing at all. I can I can see what, I can see what I, yeah I can see what you're saying now they've just they've just formed a union they don't really know each other or whatever you know they're really they're they're only claim to knowing each other is that they both don't like Hack Myers yeah yeah and they only had like two hours to fucking you know put this together yeah and, and JT had to wake fucking uh, Ballot from his nap so. <laughs> Yeah, JT. Good lord, enough already. Aaron, your any final thoughts on this segment before we move on? No. <laughs> All right. Up next, we get the official show intro from Joey Styles, and he discusses what we saw last week with obviously with Eddie and Dean Malenko, and um, putting them over on the way out, which is classy and exactly how they should have been treated yeah like like we said there, there was just no there's no other way to do it there's no uh well should no there's just no you know what i mean they 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 didn't they didn't sabu you you know mm-hmm. they didn't too- show you like sabu did because he had a, a japan date i mean that even happened yet right or did it happen yet yeah that happened yeah, but I mean, but you know what I mean? These guys gave their notice. They and WCW allowed them to fulfill their bookings. So, how can you there's nobody there's nobody to hate here, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like anybody in any in any job, not even just wrestling, if any job, if somebody came to you and offered you a better position, more money, probably easier well clearly it would be easier work than how would you you know there's no way you're going to just shit on the other other company if they let you just finish it what if, what if bischoff would have just said no you ain't doing it what would have paul done to, to fill them last what whatever three months or whatever 60 days even of not having eddie and dean nobody fucking shit you know what I mean? I'm sure Paul negotiated that deal and be like, look, this is all I'm asking. You can do whatever you want. Just let me have Eddie and Dean through through the entire, you know, this program so we can get a an ending to it. And Paul knew Paul knew the people to do it to do it through. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it wasn't like he called fucking Bischoff. That that wasn't gonna happen. It was totally Kevin Sullivan. Oh yeah, it was definitely it was it's it was, it's always been Kevin Sullivan, and I I don't I've always re, I've always kind of like refrained from ever saying that on like any other uh, uh, podcast or anything I've ever been on because I didn't know the level of anybody's intelligence as far as what they knew, but yeah, it, Kevin Sullivan was was way more intricate in the ECW office than everybody even thinks. Yeah, and it, it, there's no doubt that he was, as far as ECW slash WCW goes at the time, he was most definitely the calm head and the mediator. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but he was also a fucking snake in the grass. <laughs> True. I mean, he's he's telling these guys, 
he's telling WCW about these guys. And then while he's working for Paul and he's working for them, <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well, let me, like, you know, kind of just check them out a little more, groom them a little bit, you know, let's see what their head's at or, you know, but he already knew. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that kind of like, that kind of pissed me off later on when I really found it. Like, Cause I knew he was the liaison for wing. Hmm. Like back in the day, that didn't bother me at all because that was a Japanese independent. And I didn't give a shit about that. But when he became a WCW guy and he was out there, all of a sudden I started seeing all the guys leaving, going to WCW. Wonder how they got there. Oh, fuck. Kevin Sullivan works there. Oh, I see. <laughs> now I'm starting to put the pieces together. and <laughs> The worm has turned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like and, later on, we're not we're not there yet, but like later on, like um, they said like Todd was like a mole and um a couple other people, but it was Kevin Sullivan. He knew what he was fucking doing. Oh, Todd knew. Well, no, like they they said like Todd was a mole and um uh. all like I think. I think they claim like Perry Saturn was a mole. Well, mole. I can I can see that he's just an idiot. Yeah, but why do you think Todd? Why do you think Todd would have been considered a mole? I'm actually I'm actually uh, I actually pre-ordered his his book that he's got coming out because I mean Boy. it's it's Todd and it's Paul and Todd says you know Paul's got to tell his version of the story over and over and over again through the WWE but Todd says he's going to tell the real story so you knowing Todd and Paul both Chad do you think Todd's story is going to be the most legit version of the story no <laughs> Not they also all. they also said Alfonso was a oh seriously you did you go by his character on television of course he was <laughs> I mean um in in wrestling we don't call them moles anyway you know what we call them. stooges yeah and, and and I know that but I'm just saying like I think that a lot of those people they were stooges they were stooges <clears throat> but. A lot of times, Kevin doesn't get talked about as being like the guy that I think was like the Stooges had to be talking to somebody. You know what I mean? Like Bill Alfonso wasn't calling Eric Bischoff and saying these guys and this guy. It was Kevin Sullivan. Of course. Who was Todd Gordon going to call? Shane Douglas? Sandman? Tommy Cairo? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan was, if you want to use the word mole, he was the biggest mole that was with ever was in the company, right? Who I can't think of even as moving on towards later years, who would have been a bigger mole? You know, nobody was nobody was in a in a bigger power other than eventually Paulie, <laughs> but I mean. He was the boss, so he wasn't necessarily a mole. He was just doing what was best for his company. And Kevin Sullivan was doing what was best for the company that he was working for. Isn't that pretty much what you're saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sully knew these guys and knew what their <clears throat> deals were, if they had any deals 
or whatever. And like Heyman tries to sell it like, oh, Eric Bischoff did this, Eric Bischoff did that, or Eric Bischoff scooped this guy's. It was all Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, I I, I still wanna I still wanna know where that my time in WCW where Bischoff knew me. I I, I still would love to hear that from Bischoff. Because I'm sure by now he doesn't remember. But, yeah, I just remember when he just walked past me in WCW and was like, what are you doing here? And that's when he claimed he never watched ECW. How else would you ever see me? How else would you, you know, you watch MEWF? You know, you watch ATCW, UIW, you know what I mean? All these independent. No. He had to have watched ECW. Most definitely. Uh, speaking of Paulie and Fonzie. Up next on the show, we get a long segment. Way too with, long. With Paulie and Fonzie. And it's Paulie's going to do a danger zone, and it's going to be with Bill Alfonso. Um, before the before the uh, the thing actually starts, Paul does his classic getting the ECW uh, arena crowd hyped up. And then he brings out Bill Alfonso, who says he's got good news and bad news. And to him, the bad news is that the the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission won't stand behind him with all the decisions that he's made. So Todd Gordon has been reinstated as commissioner of ECW. Yeah, considering the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission really didn't even exist. It, there really wasn't a commission. I mean, as far as, far as I know, even to, to, to this day, that's why you see so many outlaw mud show companies run in Pennsylvania. Is that why? It, I was gonna say, is that why? Is that why? As far as TV tapings and stuff go, the WWF ran Hamburg all the time because they oh, didn't have back, to deal with a commission. Then, I think back then that was I was. Yeah, I guess I guess in a way you're right, Nate, because um, you know, in a way, they would they would they would run places they could just get away with shit. You know, and they would find places that you can get away with shit. And and Pennsylvania was definitely the first one with their hand out. Probably going back to Vince, back at Hamburg. You know, Vince is like, I'm going to put this fucking 635-pound guy out there with fucking sleep apnea out, out in the ring. The haystack Calhoun, you know what I mean? When a regular commission would be like, there's no chance we're allowed, we're allowed this. <laughs> his, or, his, his pulse is six. Yeah. And and we're gonna we're gonna let some like fucking six year old kid get in the ring, and get caned. <laughs> you know what I mean, they're, they're, they ain't doing anything. You know, there's no chance that commission was anywhere as strict as the one that I worked for. So I, I know I know for a fact there was not a commission. Um, if there was a commission back then, it didn't govern wrestling. Mm-hmm. It may have governed boxing, and at, we're talking about UFC in their infancy, and they were not no chance they were thinking about running Pennsylvania. Uh, well, and, and 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 just I mean, on a bigger on a bigger level, boy, I guess it was. Uh, I hate to say it like this, but I guess it was a good thing Jimmy Snuka killed that lady in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're right. They, they looked the other way at everything, littering, <laughs> yeah. A public fucking uh, uh, mopery uh, murder. <laughs> they just looked the other way on everything. 
Yeah, they'll look at New Jersey or Maryland or New York. That's what they did. Pennsylvania just looked at the other three and just said, what would they do? Eh, let them deal with it. We ain't got a time for this. Because Pennsylvania, is, it's, it's stupid because I don't know about you guys in Ohio, but you know what a Commonwealth state is, right? Yes. That's what Pennsylvania yeah. is. Yeah, I was going to say, my, wife, my wife's from Kentucky, and Kentucky's a Commonwealth. So yeah. Well, that, they're a common unwealth state. <laughs> she would say the same thing. She was like, "I don't care if it's Ohio or where it is, but I need to get the fuck out of Kentucky." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but for them, for them to be a commonwealth state and to allow they, these certain counties to run, basically govern themselves, it was like just look the other way, you know. Like Paul couldn't have picked a better place to do this at, you know. It had to be Philadelphia. They just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> they, they, they didn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, all right. Well, just just cut us a check. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I've even told you about in Maryland about the about the blade, right? Like Maryland dropped a blade gimmick um, way before like anybody else did. And I remember being at a I don't know whether it was Raw or SmackDown or something taping and. I saw some guy, I don't know even know who he was. He handed the state athletic commissioner guy, because I was friends with the guy, handed him a check for $10,000 and said, all right, have a good dinner. And the dude just looked at him. He said, all right, grab his briefcase. He rolled the fuck out. And then there was a big blade job that night on TV. And I was like, oh, okay. That's how it works. Yeah, that's, yeah now I see how it works. But there wasn't a commission in Pennsylvania. We didn't have nothing there. And even if there was a said commission, it was the same. It was had to have been the same thing. Just bullshit. This big, long segment with Paulie and, and, and Fonzie, essentially, like I said, Todd Gordon gets reinstated. Um, Paulie tells Fonzie he's getting choke slammed. Fonzie says the choke slam has been banned. He dares 911 to come out and... Uh, and and choke slam him. It's just it's just, it's just this long drawn out back and forth thing with them cracking each other with the phones and et cetera et cetera. And eventually nine one one comes out, but then Big yeah. Dick Dudley comes out, and we get a stare down between those two. Oofs. Oof. No, was it a stare down or was it a oof? No, it was an oof now. Oof. <laughs> oof. They're really going to go there. And then Polly Polly creams Fonzie with his phone. Aaron, any any more details I missed, or any any commentary you have on this thing? And like I said, I mean, nobody in particular. Obviously, everybody in it's good. They're all good performers. It just seemed like it was so drawn out. Like it just took so long to get to where you were going. Nope, they were all bad performers, and it took too long. <laughs> okay, and so many words. Was it good or bad? <laughs> like, I bet it was good live. It was fun to, to experience it live, I'm sure. But on yeah, TV... It, it, it definitely was because you had multiple hours to do this in. So it wasn't like it was rushed, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say bad. Sorry, sorry, Chad, didn't make it rough. There you are. Like Fonzie was cool in it because his character was like freaking out, you know. 
like I'm doing this and I'm doing that and and, and he was screaming and and, and Paulie looking at him go shut up like looking at him and going shut the fuck up like stop bitching like to me it's like it was a it was a good little angle but it like it went way too long watching yeah it. I I agree I agree it, it did it was a it was a whole bunch of stuff but. Um, it it was it was something that I'm sure Paul needed to get done. You know, he had to get mm-hmm. this this point across. And at that point, it didn't he it didn't it didn't matter what it cost him as far as time wise. He already had the people in the building. He already had the production crew there, so it wasn't like you know they were going to pack their shit up and just roll the fuck out. Because Paul, I'm sure, already owed him a shit ton of money to begin with. So they were they were gonna stick around, you know, for everything. So yeah, it was probably a story that Paul wanted to be told, but it had to be it had to be documented. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and, and there are there are things there are times throughout the history of ECW, and I don't blame them, where they spend they spend a, a, a large amount of time catering to the fans in the building, even though they're taping TV, because the ECW arena crowd is a whole different animal. You know, even though you're taping TV, you want to appeal to the guys that are in the audience. You know, as opposed to like the WWF, which would do like six-hour TV tapings. They're not trying to. Con- they're not trying to. Con- they're not trying to cater to the crowd in the arena. They're trying to cater to the TV audience. Yeah, and there's a certain magic to that that WCW, the WWE, or whoever could never do, but Paul could do it. Because, you know, these guys are spending, at the time, I guess it was $25, $35, whatever, a ticket. And they were going to they were gonna get, they were like, dude, if you would have told me I was spending $35, I'm going to get five hours <laughs> of, uh, of, of, uh, of uh, bullshit where, you know, guys are killing each other. And, you know, you hear reports of deaths in the locker room. And, you know, like, I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm cool with that, dude. Do you think that do you think that the ECW uh, arena crowd thing is influenced by like what would you say it's most influenced by maybe like the way Bill Watts did his TV tapings? Uh, no, I think that I think the ECW crowd was influenced by the way by the fact that they they knew that they were ECW TV crowd. I I always thought that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they were like, like once ECW got on TV and you started seeing the big fat dude with the signs, Paul and Sarge and Bob and all them guys, and every single week you would start seeing more people there, and you would start seeing the dreadlock guy, and then you would start seeing all these other. I hate dreadlock guy. Huh? I hate dreadlock guy. Oh, Paul loved dreadlock guy. Well, I fucking hate him. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like he's like, dude, these people are these people are loving this shit. So they're they you see them on TV. Like what when do when's the last time you watched any of any wrestling show where you got all excited because of the fans? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when's the last time you ever done that? Right. I guess the last time for me would be I don't probably I mean AEW is kind of a different thing. Because they just pop when they when they're supposed to pop, and but when they pop, they pop huge, and when they boo, they boo huge. Boo huge. I, I'm be the, the um, Vlad from WWF. Vlad. 
Yeah, the the mixed dude. You guys don't know who I'm talking about. That's okay. Well, I'm already done with Blad. Whatever. Blad? Bladder? It was like this mixed race dude, but let's let's go ahead. (laughs) All right. Well, Joey now introduces us to fan cam footage, and this is what Chad was alluding to earlier. Uh, Fan cam footage of an event from Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, and the match is Sandman and Chad Austin. And pretty much Sandman kings the shit out of Chad. Yeah, not only that, Sandman beat the shit out of Chad. That was probably, I would say, that was worse than New Jack. Mm. Wait, like New, New Jack was nothing. That that whole beating with New Jack was just, that was just New Jack hyping that up for his own mystique and his own credibility. But that was a big fucking beating. <laughs> now, was he he was was he being malicious or? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh 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 boy, was he! <laughs> <laughs> like he beat the shit out of me, and he beat the shit out of me to the point where I don't know whether you, I don't know when at what point it was. I think it was when, um, when I started to come back, and I threw him in the corner. And he, he he said, boot. And then I ran in, and then I saw his leg cocked back. And then I realized I had to go an extra another six inches before I met that boot. And then when he kicked me, you can watch me fall. Like, I fell. Like, that was not a bump. Like, he, he kicked the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> and... And, I, and then I was just like, all right, well, this ain't going so well. And uh, I figured... The, the safest thing for me was to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. Just stay in the ring and let him just do whatever he did. Because um, we never won over anything. We never won, we never won over one spot. Not one. Uh, the only thing we won over was the finish with, with Mikey. That's the only thing we needed to do, which they fucked up anyway. And, um, yeah, I, I just went out there. I just... I just ate that one for the team. <laughs> That's it. All right, man. <laughs> Whatever. Because you, you could tell, like, when he backed me in the corner and then he chopped me. And then he chopped me again because he did them fucking stupid open hand chop gimmick. Right. And I hated it. I hated it. Everybody hates them. So did, did, that's when I spun him around. And then I started chopping him, like, the way we chopped. And then that's when he told me to throw him into the corner and take a boot. And I was like, oh, good Lord, this is this is not going to be the best for business for me anyway. But, yeah, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand what the, the problem was. It's, it goes back to the New Jack shit. Like, like what, you know, remember when New Jack said that he said that I wanted to do all this shit and all this? I'm like, dude, I never said any of that. Like. You're the guy who's going over. You know, you're beating right. me up. Just tell me what you want me to do. But you ain't going to take advantage of me. And I considered Sam, man, if he, he fully took advantage of me. He beat the fuck out of me, <laughs> you know? And plus, the building that we were at was on a cliff. Like, our dressing room was outside on a deck that overlooked a canyon, like a the mountains. Do you think I wanted to get into a fight with the Sandman out on a deck that overlooked the canyons like a, of a mountain? Fuck no. Uh, 
After that match was over, I packed my shit. I didn't even say goodbye to anybody. So I'm getting the fuck out of here before Sam and comes looking for me. And he's going to throw me over that fucking goddamn railing, <laughs> you know? And ain't nobody going to find me except Bigfoot. It'll be easier to find that fucking submarine than it will be to find me in that fucking terrain. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what went wrong, man, because, you know, it, it, now it, it's starting to get to the point where you almost want to think, is it me? You know, because I already had a problem with New Jack. Now I have a problem with Sandman. And I'm thinking, like, is it me? And then I'm thinking, no. <laughs> it's, 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 their, it's, it's, their, it's their egos. Yeah, well, they, didn't want, they didn't want to do business. That's what I was ask. Hack, good What's guy. That? That's what I was going to ask. Is like, is Hack a good guy or an asshole in real life? Oh, he's a dick. Sandman, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a dick. It's eh. I see you out there. Eh. Anything you want to do? Yeah. See you out I've there. I've always thought of I've always thought of Sandman as one of those guys because you know you can go down the ECW roster and say yes or no, but I've always thought of him as one of those guys that if ECW never existed, he never would have fucking made it. He never would have existed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He would never. You would. know, like you can you can say you can say oh fuck, obviously Raven would have existed, obviously Rob Van Dam <coughs> would have existed in the world without an ECW. And, you know. and, and I know we shit on him, but Tommy would have. I think Tommy would have had a spot. Yeah, I mean, Tommy he would have been. Tommy would have been a South sincere, at least. I yeah, think to, Tommy would have. Tommy would have been. Yeah, he would have had a run. It wouldn't have been a top run, but he would have been a guy who was so, like, um, I don't know what the word I'm saying. What I want to say, but uh, he would have been a guy that was so revered that he would have ended up with an office job. Like he did in ECW. Like a Terry Taylor kind of guy. Yeah, but Terry Taylor was a stooge. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Tommy, I Tommy probably would have been a stooge. I don't think Tommy would have. I think I think I think Paul taught I think Paul taught Tommy the right way. I don't I don't think Tommy would have done that. Because I, I still think Tommy won't do uh, believe me, don't get me wrong. I don't don't have a lot of good feelings for Tommy Dreamer. Not a big fan. Like personally, but that's not that's nothing to do with even wrestling. I just think he stinks. But um, but yeah, as a as a backstage guy, yeah, I don't think Tommy would have done that. Or if he would have done that, he would have had to. It would have had to been beaten out of him. Like you know, Vince would have had to beat that out of him. <laughs> like browbeat him. You know. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't think Tommy was that big. It was. Well, the gist of this. Um... So like ECW, said, no ECW. Sandman has no career. Is that no. what we're getting at? All right. Well, I mean, he had that. He had an opportunity when he went to Memphis. That was his. That was his. Would have been his first break. Look where that got him. He he got him his fucking four weeks in Memphis. <laughs> Maybe before, like I lasted longer. I lasted six months in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> and Sandman lasted four weeks. Yeah, he'd have, he would have he would have been a wetsuit and a surfboard right out of the business. Dude, yeah, he was ECW terrible enough to be. Yeah, he was it's I don't know. I don't know what it is about Hack. The only good thing about Hack 
was he was smart enough that wherever he traveled, he had a van, like a luxury van, like not a not a big like trailer thing, but a luxury van. That's smart. You know, I'm driving a fucking Mitsubishi Mighty Max pickup truck, you know, two seats, you know, like was well, really one bed seat. So I ain't taking anybody with me because <laughs> I need a place to sleep. That was the only thing smart about him. So he was in Memphis for four weeks. What, he gets there, debuts, beats Lawler Monday night at the at the Coliseum. Probably does a DQ finish the next week. Lawler beats him the next week. <laughs> and then thanks for coming. It's when they give you the booking sheets. And then you, you only see you got one town. Oh, I ain't. I ain't. I can't stay here for one town. That's that's how I got fired from Memphis. You got one town for the what the month, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not even guaranteeing the forty bucks a night anymore. <laughs> that's when I realized, yeah, I'm finished. But that's how they deal with everybody. It was much easier than just actually firing people. You know, you you starve them out of town. You starve them. But luckily for me, I didn't starve because I saved my money. And I, I went down there with a budget of how much I could lose before I had to leave. And it was pretty much dead balls accurate, man. Like, I, I didn't book it. I didn't book it this way or anything. I thought eventually, okay, maybe I'll, I'll you know, I'll start making some money, you know, put some money back in and whatever. But. No, it was, I was pretty much dead balls accurate by December of that year that I was down there. I was fucking, I only had like 140 bucks, whatever left in the bank of my savings for what I allowed to go. I, I took $10,000 down there. I lost $10,000 in about seven months. <laughs> going to Memphis is like going to Vegas. Yeah. Because I was, I wasn't stupid. I wasn't going to sleep in my car, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was one of the only guys that got hotel rooms every night. I was one of the only guys that was going out every night, going out to the bars. And I think, like, fuck this. I'm coming down here for the experience. I ain't coming down here to fucking wrestle. Fuck all that shit. That's just fucking the reason why I'm down here. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is why I'm here. I got enough money. And the rest of the guys are all fucking brick house brown and raising me fine. We're all sleeping on the fucking side of the road. Where they ran out of gas and where you find flagging me down. <laughs> hey man, can you stop by the uh no, I ain't you better Religion. you better wait for a fucking uh bull pain to get he's behind me somewhere, like five cars. This segment, uh, like I said, Chad um gets caned by Sandman, then Mikey comes out and makes the save and canes the Sandman, and then Mikey canes Chad. That fucking sucks. That was, I would have rather taken 10 more for, from the Sandman than that one from Mikey. Look where Is he it, hit me. I was going to say, with uh, not only where he hit you, but do you think it was it was rough because he was on adrenaline? You know, like he's... Oh, no, I don't think he did anything. I don't think it was anything malicious or any or, or, or anything like that. I just think is that for one, I don't think Sam and Mikey came to anybody before because I would have had to have been the start. Remember how he started before when he started when the Sandman angle started? 
it would have had to have started at Jim, you know, at Jim Thorpe where he started caning people. So it pretty much would have had to have been me. That was probably the first guy to take it. And, and I don't, I know Mikey never caned anybody before. Cause at that point in my career, I never caned anybody before. So I didn't know how to hit anybody. And I mean, I figure if you hit him in the back, anybody knows you hit anybody in the back, chair, whatever, table, whatever, you're not going to kill the guy. But I fed him, I fed him my head because I really didn't know. Oh, well, I guess I did know because the whole angle was for me to put my hand out like I was reading for his friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's when he came me. But I had no idea this fucking donkey dick was going to fucking, fucking hit me. Like right across the face, like um, like in between the eyes, like diagonal on my nose, like dude, he fucked me up. <laughs> and that bump I took was my it was my fast as my it was my uh, bump what I call like my fast getaway bump. Like don't don't take a bump that you're gonna possibly take anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah, don't take pop bump. back up, motherfucker. No, there's no pop back up. <laughs> I took that bump and I laid there and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, like that sucked. And I, and I, I confronted Mikey years later about it. He claims, you know, you know how they, how they claim. <laughs> oh, oh I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, just work, I'm just working, brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like, dude, I didn't come out and fucking cane you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, you know, I knew how to work a cane. At least I, I knew how to work a cane better than Mikey knew how to work a cane, even though I had never used a cane either. Aaron, any, he, just, uh, he, he just whacked sure. me, like, legitimately. Like, he just whacked me, you know, thinking nothing's going to... No, it, 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 you know, it's just a bamboo stick. Fuck bamboo stick. <laughs> that shit fucking bamboo fucking hurt. Aaron, your thoughts on this? Do you have any other thoughts on this, or uh... no, not really. No. All right. It was that good, Aaron. Yeah, you took a good ass beating. <laughs> oh, I did. dude, I tell, I tell. Didn't everybody even have to pretend. <laughs> I tell everybody all the time, like when I when I when I get into scuffles, like at work or whatever, or shit, like anything at a bar, or whatever. I always tell them. I might not beat you, but it ain't going to be the easiest fight you ever had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know when they say pack a lunch? Yeah. Fucking pack a lunch. Because, you know, you're going to be beating on me for a while before you walk away going, this guy's done. <laughs> because I've, I've gotten beat up by fucking how many big, you know, like legitimately Vader beat me up. Sandman beat me up. You know, all these guys beat that beat me up. Yeah, I got beat up. I got beat up pretty good in the wrestling business. I never bitched, you know. And what I do, I showed up the next week. Damn, <laughs> you know. He's be- New Jack. I got. I am. Uh, it didn't bother me. <laughs> it's the wrestling business, and that what happens. So yeah, anytime I get into a fight with somebody, I just tell them right ahead. All right, you, you're gonna be a minute. Just <laughs> tell your wife to go ahead and go to the car and pack the groceries up. You might win, you might win, but you won't forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I haven't I haven't had many fights in my life, but the few I've had is like my fucking uppers are a fucking all my uppers are all my upper teeth are fake. And I'll just I'll pop them out and be like, well, you ain't gonna bust my teeth out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm like that same way. I don't even give a fuck about my teeth. I'm already married and shit. Married for years now. Fuck that. She can't deal with it. Then whatever. If you ain't gonna bust my teeth out, buddy. They're in my fucking pocket. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's just the way I always like. I learned I learned that shit, you know, just ages ago. Like it's the wrestling business. You never know who's gonna, you know, beat you up. And like Vader, when Vader beat me up. He congratulated me afterwards <laughs> for taking a spectacular beating. Like, who the fuck does that? <laughs> who the fuck beats a guy up outside of the fucking North Point Inn and then grabs their hand and pulls him up and go, good ass beating, dude. No, <laughs> they don't do that shit. They leave you laying. I don't get left laying. I'm a, I might walk away all fucked up. My, as long as they don't fuck up my Ring of Honor jacket that I always wear. <laughs> I ain't wearing my Riviera jacket in <laughs> a possibility where I can get to a scuffle. So Leon was a good dude. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I didn't think he, I didn't think he hurt me at all. Like, I know he roughed me up, but he's four hundred forty some pounds. Like, how could he not rough you up just a little bit, even by not trying to rough you up? But he was, he was as easy as it could have been with me. He, he warned me ahead of time about what to look for. I was smart to look for it and I took it and it was just the fact that he fucked up his own finish. <laughs> that, that, that's the only thing that hurt with me in the whole entire match is that he fucked up his own finish. When he tried to give me that stupid little flapjack thing where he picks you up by the waist and pushes you down. Well, he twisted my, when he pushed me down, he twisted my body. He was so strong. So I landed awkward, like shoulder first kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm laying there near Holly Ratio out. Power bomb. And I just I just looked over at him. At Harley. Like, you know, seriously. Oh, I remember didn't he just break some guy's back two weeks ago on yeah, TV? Right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh good lord. You're like, God damn it, Harley, go bathe uh fucking happy Humphrey motherfucker. Yeah, please get the you fuck got, out of here. You got to work with Vader, right? Harley Race at ringside, and Gordon Sully calling your match. Not only that, Lance Russell. I'll hang my hat on that. That's that's. I'll, I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. Not everybody can it's say that. Fucking fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'll take that shit. I, I was more. I was more impressed with the fact that when I watched the match back, and it was Lance Russell and Gordon Sully calling my match, I was like, damn. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what happens to me in this match. I got Gordon Sully and Lance Russell calling my match. I didn't even think about Harley being at fucking ringside. It's like, God damn. That's good shit, man. Yeah. That was good. That was good shit. And don't think for a second that I didn't acknowledge it. Like, afterwards. That's why I got put over so big in the locker room. Like, when I got back. Like, when I went to the bar that night. I got put over by the Nasty Boys, the Steiners. Like, everybody was just like, Sting. They were all just like, dude, you know, this, this kid, like, he kind of gets it. 
you know. He's not going to be anything because look at him. He's awful looking. He got no, <laughs> he's terrible. But uh, he takes a really good ass whooping. <laughs> That's why I'm the, I'm the blueprint for Mikey Whiprack. I just I just moved on. And then Mikey came in and filled my spot. That's not a that's not a knock on Mikey at all. That's perfect for you know, mm-hmm. for a guy of, of our size. Even though I was I was actually bigger than Mikey. The main event of this ECW show is a tag title match. It's Raven and Richards against the Pitbulls. But it's not the good one. And yeah, that's that's it. It's we haven't got to the good one yet. Yeah. What Chad says is, is 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 you say it's your favorite match you've ever watched live, right? No, I said it's the greatest match that I've ever seen live, and that's just just do the math on that. <laughs> you know that that's that says a lot coming from somebody. I mean, I'll I'll pat myself on the back on this one. You know, I watch wrestling probably seven hours every day, whether it's new, old everything and and just to be there like live and I've, I've seen good matches live don't get me wrong but just to sit there and i that was probably the besides the um the funk sabu douglas whatever whatever they called that thing the triangle death whatever the fuck thing um that was probably like the next biggest locker room sellout that i've ever seen in my life where well, I, don't, I don't even know if Paul was just telling people just go sit by the monitor because I just know that I was one of the, I was I was I'm, I'm bet, willing to bet that I was the first person that grabbed the seat in front of that monitor because I wanted to see that I wanted to see that match and I was I was emotionally invested in the feud and I wanted to see where Raven was going to go because me and Raven had just developed a friendship. And he ain't gonna tell me anything about that. We're we were too busy talking about Portland and shit like that. <laughs> but he wasn't gonna tell me how the business was gonna go because as far as I knew, Raven didn't book anything. You know, I, right. I didn't know. And so I'm just watching it, and I'm like, dude, this is fucking unbelievable, dude. Crowd went bananas. I'm like, how can these four fucking idiots pull pull this shit off? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like it was like magic. But even this match was good. That fucking weird ass move where the pit bulls did the like super bomb and the like the neck breaker. Yeah. It's a crazy ass move. Yeah, that yeah, you could <laughs> yeah. And I'd be I'd be the kind of guy to be like reluctant to be like when they're going over or going, this is what we're gonna do, blah blah blah. And I'm like, look at him like that's what you're gonna do. How many times have we done it? It's, that's it, that's what a lot of guys would have asked. But How many fucking, times have you done this? Fucking Stevie took it, and um, do you know him well? Like, like Stevie Richards? Yeah, I know him too well. To a fucking detriment. He's so a not a not a good guy. Not to me, he wasn't. He uh. He, I don't know what I don't know whether it was the whole he he was fine when he was a job guy, but you know once he started getting that little bit of a push and he and he did the deal with Raven and Beulah and that's when I started seeing the fact that he wasn't riding with us anymore, you know, 
Because it would always be like me, Axel, Hack, Stevie, sometimes Raven. We never let Kyra ride with us. He he wasn't he wasn't he didn't he didn't have any gas money, <laughs> but you know. And then all of a sudden, Stevie became like Raven's lackey, which was a work. It was a shoot. I mean, he was Raven's lackey. Carry the bags, because I did it. Stevie took my job, and I didn't. I didn't go to HR and bitch about it, because <laughs> you know I, I wasn't carrying Raven's bags anymore. And, you know, driving them 300 miles, whatever, and then go to the gas station and all of a sudden, ah, hey, Paul didn't pay me tonight. Did he pay you? Yeah, he gave me cash. Ah, well, I'll catch you next time. Okay. Next time. Yeah, but Stevie was not like, and, he, and he's told to this day, he isn't one of my most favorite people in the world. But it's not anything like I'd be willing to, I wanted to kill him or anything. I just thought that he was just, he just became kind of douchey because I, I thought it all went to his head. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that that's just because of the territory, you know? Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any hard feelings against, I don't have hard, any, any hard feelings against anybody except for the idiots I called stealing today. <laughs> Fucking idiots. But yeah, like all them guys, they were, they were all the same guys, all the same. Like, I think the only ones that were different at, at that point in time were us Maryland guys. Me, Axel, Hack. That's probably it out of us Maryland guys. Like, we were the only ones that, that were like, we were just business. It was, it's all, it's business. We don't have to beat nobody up. You know what I mean? Right. We, we don't have to have not any. Trying to, not trying to prove a point. Yeah. And, and I think that's like, from where they were, because you know, a lot of them guys are trained by what Johnny Rods up there, where they had to be tough guys, they had to be shooters. You ain't got to shoot on us, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got no reason to shoot on us. We're we're here to do business, bro. You ain't got to you ain't got to kill us. They didn't get it. This match is pretty much a means to an end. Um, like Chad said, this isn't the good one. This is this is just a, a match, essentially. Constructed to continue the feud. Yeah, pretty much. Like, was there was there a finish? Uh, Bueller gets involved. Big Nick Dudley gets involved, and it kind of it kind of descends after that. You know, just into a I don't know what do you want to call it, Aaron? A, a just a brawl. You know, just a non-finish kind of. Yeah, schmoz. Schmoz. Yeah, it's a, it's a brouhaha. So if somebody, so basically, if somebody did get pinned, it was it wasn't what anybody left remembering. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, Beulah got, oh my God, Beulah, or you know, that Kane shot. Yeah, but they, they didn't walk away going, I can't believe he won. Yeah, or you know, what I mean, or that was that was not like the antithesis of um, what that match was designed to do. It was a dusty finish. Of course, it was. And pretty much nobody learned more about Dusty finishes than Paul. <laughs> he made a whole fucking company out of it. He <laughs> brought Dusty right he did. <laughs> it left. Go ahead. A Dusty payoff. Pretty much. The Dusty hot dog and handshake. Yeah, you definitely say that, man. 
Dusty house guest. Yeah, he's the guy. Hey, baby, Paul, not home. <laughs> Dusty? No, this is not Dusty. This is the guy staying at the house. This is Rusty. <laughs> yeah. Is Dusty there? <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> Dusty not here. Dusty's making a Cody right now. <laughs> He's making a Cody. <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounds fucking uh oof bathroom related. He's making a Cody and yeah, he that, that thing I said that sounds bathroom related. He's making a Cody and wiping his dusting. <laughs> he's he's he wiping his dusting. <laughs> and who's his daughter? Chantelle. That's her name. Chantelle. You're making that up. Is that her real name? <laughs> I don't fucking. I have no idea. Chantelle. Chantelle. Hey, bad though. Chantelle Rhodes. <laughs> Chantelle Rhodes. It sounds like something my wife drinks. <laughs> Cause, cause she, <laughs> she, she had to stop off at the liquor store when she picked me up tonight, and she had to buy a bottle or something. Uh, for somebody that altered a wedding dress that she's gonna be in, and I looked at the bottle and it was, I, it did, it, it did look, it did really look like Chantelle Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. It's in the car. I'm gonna have to go out when we're done the show and get the bottle and take a screenshot of it. Now that you say this, maybe maybe his daughter's a winemaker. <laughs> the son of a plumber. <laughs> Now I'm a winemaker. <laughs> He's excreting it from his teats. Bougie Rose. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. We need a Bougie Rose. <laughs> and we end the CCW episode with a promo from Cactus Jack. Um, it was great. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, which was great, by the way. Aaron, your notes on the promo? Oh, it was just, it was a great fucking promo. And um, I don't, like, I don't know all the verbiage of it. I fucking mix smarter than all of us. But <laughs> combined. Yeah. But him talking about, like, it's just everything that he brought in it. It, it, it was just great. He talked, yeah, he talks about getting burned and FMW and, and, my notes are, I don't know what I wrote, why I wrote this down, but something about nuking Japan and just. Yeah, it, yeah, it was no, similar to it was him getting blown up in Japan. It was similar to the to like Hiroshima or something like that kind of shit. Like the motherfucker yeah. knows how to hit the notes in a promo, man. Like he brought it like. It wasn't actually his dad, but like he brought it into his dad, like talking about being in World War Two and him going to Japan and and he's getting blown up fighting Terry Funk and that brings him back to his dad and just all this shit and he's it, it, it was a great fucking yeah it was it was definitely good and um like that's pretty much when I was like getting ready to like log on to the show <laughs> like that that was on and i had it on kind of mute so i was kind of standing over by the tv so i could hear it 
And I was like, good ass promo, dude. You know, that was fucking that was a good ass. But Jack was always he was never, never bad. No, and I, I always say to to I'll say it till the day I croak. I would put any promo Mick ever cut in ECW up against any promo anybody ever cut in the history of the business. Kane Dewey. Yeah, oh, we're going to get there. And the fucking Christmas shit. And just those promos are, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say the best promos ever, but there's some of the best promos ever. The, 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 his run with ECW. promo is when he's cutting that promo about the chair. And he's like talking about like Tommy sitting on the chair and all that. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't, but then I don't mean shit. Yeah. But wait till the fucking Cactus Jack promo about the chair. It, it, it's good shit. And this one was really fucking good. Dude, that, that's the shit that Paul made us stay for. Like he, he made up, he, like he would specifically. When we would go up to get paid, he would. Uh, I don't know who else he told. Uh, I can just speak for myself, but I know like Donnie at the time, Hack, a couple other guys. And I want you to stick around, like for the promos or, or whatever. And then, you know, like I, it was like fucking three o'clock in the morning. You know, at that point, I didn't give a fuck away. If Cactus Jack said, Can I take your fucking order? I, you know, I, I wanted him to fucking get it done, but then we were watching it going, oh, oh, if this guy can sit here at three o'clock in the morning, bloody, dirty, smelling like garbage, you know, like he can stick around here and do this and cut a promo like that. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll learn something from this, you know, I'll, I'll pick something up. But no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I think I picked up was Axel. threw him in the car i got you buddy you only live like fucking eight minutes from me i'll i'll get you home (laughs) don't worry about it just don't throw up my new upholstery yeah that was that was was one of um i don't know i I don't know if it was top five of cactus's promos maybe it was top five of cactus's promos that i've seen but yeah that was that was that was not too far from the king dewey in my opinion to wrap up this episode of Reliving the Extreme, as we always do at the end, round table. Uh, Aaron, overall, what did you think of this episode? C minus. Our show, A minus. <laughs> wow. See, now we're now we're going in a completely different directions, Aaron. Because I always kind of I always kind of crap on you because I think you always graded too high. Because I always go with the C or the you know, C minus or whatever, but this is the first time I, that I think that I've ever graded the show higher than you. Because, okay. go ahead. Yep. Prove me wrong. It, well, I mean, i i was I was going to give it a I was going to give it a, an easy uh, B minus. Like I thought it was entertaining. I actually thought that I did a great job. Maybe it's maybe I'm being biased here. Like I took a pretty good ass whooping. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it, it 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 kept a lot of stories going. 
it, it you know, and it and it did what it like a show was supposed to do, leading to a bigger a bigger show. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. This is a story arc episode of the show. You know, you're building, like Chad said, you're building, you're building your feuds, you're building like with that tag title match. You have the title match, but it's in the middle of the story. You know, it's it's we're, yeah. we're, we the reason there's a reason we have kind of a non-finish. Yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a fuck finish to 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 go to the uh to you know the next chapter. You can't you know you can't send the fucking people happy you know the second weekend you know, on a, on a program. Where are you gonna go? So you gotta find a way to fucking you gotta find a way to cheat the audience out of a out of a you know a finish and send them home not feeling cheap. You know, right. ripped off. Yep. You got you got to do it in a different way. And Paul could, dude. That's Paul's got so many so many smoke machines and mirrors in the locker room back there. Oh, it's gonna be just send somebody out. <laughs> you know, just find somebody they ain't seen in a while and run them out there. Big Dick <laughs> Dudley, get out there. Yeah, there's 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 forty guys in the locker room that had worked for ECW that weren't working anymore that were hanging out there. That just send out fucking Cairo. <laughs> just, just like, like, just see what they do. <laughs> send send Cairo out with some peaches. Yeah, because if they don't, if they don't pop for Cairo, some fucking we'll rhubarb. Send and then, Cairo, send Cairo out there with some rhubarb, some peaches. <laughs> if they don't pop for, if they don't pop for Cairo, send Stetson. If they don't pop for Stetson, send Hot Body chasing Stetson out. Just, <laughs> just send out, just send out a box of fucking cannoli. You don't even need to send out uh, Big Val. I would have popped huge if they would have sent out Jay Sully. <laughs> like I would have, I would have loved if, if ECW would have done a twenty four seven title like that. Just you know, see Hunter Key Robbins in the back, <laughs> Jay Sully. Um, uh, who's the other guy? Steve Larry Wonderful. Winters. Yeah, like they all, every they all get a run of the ECW twenty four seven title. <laughs> Chris Michaels, yeah, all of them. We we, we can do a whole other show on the, the ECW twenty four seven title. And um, of course, of course, in the end, the ultimate ECW twenty four seven champion, Sal Bolomo. Oh yeah, but it's for the kids. In the boots, yeah. he's got to have the boots on. I don't know, man. The I can make a case for Super Destroyer number two. <laughs> the variety one. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, interesting. Gotta save the it's, it's, the hay, it's the hayride to the championship. <laughs> yeah. It's right. It's the, uh, no, what's the club called? It's Instead of 10 pounds of gold, it's six pounds of chrome. No, what's the club called that Todd Gordon did the thing for? Variety Club, uh, the variety, the Variety Club Championship. Yeah, you got to save the retarded kids. Well, I mean, you know, I work for a corporate place. I can't say all that. <laughs> Special needs, bobbleheads, funk juniors. Yeah, I can, I can say all that. Save the lemonheads, but I can't say retarded. <laughs> What are you, Funk Jr.? Yeah, I can say all that. I just can't say the word retarded. 
I just can't have somebody going down to HR. And I, I, I told you I've had to have before me, right? Yeah, the simple new jack. Where I, no, where I called, where I called this customer a jabroni rube, and and they didn't know what I was talking about, so they went down to customer service and complained because they didn't know what I called him. And my ma- the master came up and asked me, the customer says, and this is the way she said it too. You called them a jabroni rube? <laughs> I said, yeah. So what is that? I said, it, it's pretty much whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? There, there's no giving you a, a definition of it, you know, in regular people term. <laughs> you know, how do you define jabroni rube? You'd have to ask the Iron Sheik, and he's dead. Yeah. And good luck with that one. Good luck with good luck when he was alive. <laughs> That's right. It'd be that jabroni over there. And then you're like, what jabroni? Who's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I gave I, I gave it a I gave it a what I give it a B minus. <laughs> it served its purpose. This episode served its purpose. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. I like I said, the middle the middle with Fonzie and Polly was long. It was just long. But as as a as a fledgling promotion, still not making much money, you know, make the most out of what you got. I I still like I still like Fonzie though. Like I don't know whether it was me or or the TV presentation of Fonzie, but <clears throat> Fonzie crack he just cracks me up because he's that guy. Like <laughs> he he is Fonzie. And I'm like, yeah, daddy, and, and and he does that in real life, and that's what that's what's what's funny to me is that you can get him riled up over trans money, <laughs> like going to the next town. What do you mean? What do you mean? You ain't got twelve dollars? You told me you were gonna give me the twelve dollars from last time. And he's out in the middle of the street throwing a, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, that's why you're over, buddy. <laughs> You ain't a fucking jobber, but you are a jabroni. Aaron, any parting words for our listeners this week? Well, no. All right, <laughs> Chad. I'm just glad we made it through it because it was a rough. It was a rough day for me to get get to this point to begin with, and I'm glad we did it. I had a great time, and I always thank you guys for a great time, and. If you guys don't listen to this show, or then you guys are just you guys are boobs. <laughs> You're missing out. You're missing yeah, out you, on yes. We need to hire some kind of advertising agency or something. Uh, we need a billboard at Times Square. <laughs> that, yeah, that, this show's way better than where we're at on fucking Apple. Come on, you fucking idiots. <laughs> We're gonna move our shit to tomato, goddammit. Yeah, at least at least rate us. If you're not gonna listen, just click on and just hit five star. Ain't gotta hear the whole goddamn show. Fuck. Well thank you for joining us everybody this week on Reliving the Extreme. Thank you, Chad, thank you, Aaron, and we will see everybody next week as we continue our journey through the history of ECW. Fuck. <laughs>